you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here as we're just, uh, what we got here? Just a little over two weeks. Maybe it's, no, it's two weeks from today, Buck. The draft is two weeks from today. We're almost there. I mean, we are right there. Like, you can see it coming. And uh, I think this year, more so than any years, I'm probably the most prepared I am for the draft in terms of, like, not only knowing the guys, but understanding the team needs and the situations. I'm really excited for draft day to play out because I think this year, unlike most years, the dominoes at the top can severely alter the course of the rest of the draft. And I don't think in, oh, in yeah. most years it's like this. Like, depending on when Kyler Murray goes, it really sets the table for the rest of the, the draft. And I don't know if it's been like that other places. A lot of times there was a foregone conclusion on number one. I don't really know. I know we kind of assuming that he's going to be the guy, but if he's not the guy, it kind of changes and upsets the apple cart in a major that way. That shakes it up. Yeah, selfishly, is some way we've got to sit there and cover this thing. Like, I almost hope either they don't decide until we get to draft day or they decide to uh, to take Bosa or Quinn and Williams. And then now we can shake this thing up and we don't know what's going to happen and uh, it'll get a little fun, get a little crazy. Uh, on today's episode, though, Buck, we're going to uh, talk about the teams don't have first-round picks and what they could do with their uh, first overall selection. That's the uh, Browns, Bears, Cowboys, Saints. Um, because sometimes those teams and fan bases feel like they get left out of the conversation. So we'll go ahead and take care of that. Uh, you've got your new top five list uh, positionally. We're going to go through that, see some changes there, uh, some good conversation points. And then uh, we're going to talk small school players and, uh, and polish that up with an interview that you did uh, with Titus Howard, a big, talented offensive tackle from Alabama State who has a chance to maybe hear his name called in the second round. Yeah, he definitely has an opportunity to hear his name called in the second round. He's one of those guys that has flown under the radar. But there are a lot of people in the scouting community that really believe he can be a starting tackle in the league for a long time. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into these teams that don't have first-round picks and give them a little bit of love here uh, looking at what they might do. Let's start here. Cleveland Browns, they're, uh, their first pick, 49th in the second round. I know there's uh, – a little buzz out there saying, man, if Jeff Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State were to slide down, uh, who would have been a top five pick, tears his ACL, he's going to slide a little bit. Uh, that could be somebody the Browns could target to trade up. But if they stay where they are, they're at pick number 49. I've got an interesting name for you. Tristan Hill, uh, defensive tackle from Central Florida. Look, he's somebody last year, he had a changeover in coaching staff. He wasn't as, you know, just didn't really mesh with the new staff. He only started one game. But it doesn't matter when you see when he gets on the field, Buck. He is so explosive. First step quickness. Uh, a little bit of a bull in a china shop there. Uh, but he's got big time talent. And we know one thing about John Dorsey. It's, uh, it's talent over everything. Uh, that's, uh, that's the phrase we use there, correct? Uh, that is certainly the phrase. And it's funny that you brought him up because I was studying him uh, over the weekend. And you're right. Like, say whether you start or not, like, it doesn't really matter. That's kind of busk or scouting. But when you look at him, he's the best defensive player that they have. Uh, this is a guy that is terrific. You talk about being a, a talented player, a guy that can play on the other side. Um, you do wonder, like, what was the, the origin of the fallout. However, 
when you see him play, you realize, man, this is a really, really good football player, a guy that has nice quickness and athleticism, and is also a really, really strong player. No doubt. Um, any other direction uh, for the Browns there? Pick so so for me, what I had down um, in doing my perfect brand, I thought Zach Allen, the defensive end for Boston College, would also be a nice fit. Um, because when you bring over Miles Garrett and you bring over Olivier Vernon, like those guys are definitely pass rushers. I think Zach Allen would give them something that they don't have, which is kind of a base defensive end. And knowing Steve Wilkes. Ed Setter. Ed Setter, someone that can set it. Look, he's not going to be a double-digit sack guy, but what he's going to be is a hard-nosed player at the point of attack, really good on rundowns, can play in the rotation, and he can give you some pass rush ability. I just think he's a rugged player, one of those guys that you need to keep in the rotation because I don't know how, how long – Olivier Vernon will be a guy that is a fit for them long term. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a good thought there. Uh, going to the defensive line, I think that's an area we think they could address with their first pick. All right, let's get to the Chicago Bears, Buck. They do not pick till the third round. Uh, no first round pick, no second round pick. Although I think they're quite happy with Khalil Mack. Uh, that worked out well for them. I'll give you a couple names. To throw out there, Reichwell Armstead, uh, running back from Temple, tough. who is kind of a speed-power combination. Yeah, very physical, very tough. He's a short stepper, uh, similar to Jamal Lewis, who was around with the Ravens. Jamal had that little pitter-patter, that little short little step. Um, Reichwell Armstead runs uh, in the same exact fashion as Jamal, not quite as, as fast uh, as Jamal Lewis was. But he's a really good player. Jordan Howard's moved on. Uh, I know they have Michael Davis there. Obviously, Tariq Cohen is kind of the guy you're going to flip the ball out to. Uh, but to get some speed and power combination, I like Armstead. And then if they wanted to go to the safety position or somebody that's versatile in the secondary, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from Florida, who could be kind of a big nickel. He could also play as a high safety. He's versatile. You can move him around. It's a very talented defense they have there in Chicago. But I think somebody like that, they can plug some different holes. The value would, uh, would be really good there if you were to make it to the third round. Yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is going to be a tough one in terms of making it to the third round because there are a lot of things to really, yeah. really like about him. Uh, I felt like he was a natural slot defender, liked his IQ, his instincts. He was aggressive, loved his reactions. And I thought one of the things that he did really, really well in the back end, he is a physical tackler. He didn't miss many tackles when he had an opportunity one-on-one in space. Man, he shoots his gun, and he is typically right on target. I thought his awareness uh, and coverage were pretty solid. I kind of liken him to a guy that you see every Sunday, Desmond King a guy that is kind of around the mix and kind of around the box, I think he has a chance to be a pretty good player. Um, It's funny. Let's get to the Dallas Dallas Cowboys. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say this. It was funny you talked about Chicago and you brought up uh, Raquel, the the running back from Temple. I was thinking – Armstead, yeah. Armstead. I was thinking Rodney Anderson would also be a nice fit for them, maybe looking at the fourth round, just because Matt Nagy would like to have a big running back that can catch the ball out the backfield. He would be a fit. And I also thought, in thinking about the, the, the making of this defense, Chase Winovich would also fit as a bear. He kind of strikes me. You know, you talked about being in Baltimore, play like a Raven. He strikes yeah. me as a Chicago Bear-type player, just the way that he goes about his business in a blue-collar fashion. Yeah, well, they're kind of one and the same with Chuck Pagano now. So uh, I think you're going to see a lot of the similarities in what they look for. And uh, Chicago's already got a very talented defense with some key pieces, but – um, I still think they probably look on the defensive side of the ball. They're in pretty good shape offensively. So get, get you another running back, and then, uh, 
and go find some more players in the secondary. It could be a way that they uh, that they go there. All right, Dallas Cowboys, 58th overall, second round buck. The Mari Cooper uh, representing their first round pick this year after that trade with the Raiders. What do you think? Uh, I'm thinking tight end. I know Jason Witten was lured out of the Monday night football booth to come back, but I'm thinking Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M would be a nice tight end. Oh, nice. For them, someone that can stretch the field, uh, athletic playmaker to really make plays inside the numbers. It is going to be important as they begin to kind of dole out these big contracts. They have to hit on their draft picks because those guys are going to have to be contributors. I believe he's a guy that can contribute and contribute very, very early. Watching Jason Witten every day for a year will certainly help him, but I think he can make contributions as a rookie. He's a guy, to me, that would be a nice fit in this new mate, this rebuilt offense in the Kellen Moore. Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, expectation that the, the Cowboys and Earl Thomas, that was going to be a marriage that might potentially work out there in free agency. Uh, that did not happen. So I'll stay. I'll look at the secondary, and I'll, I'll go Darnell Savage from Maryland, somebody who I think could play that free safety spot. Uh, somebody that can also drop down and, and play underneath if you want him to. But uh, plenty of speed. Uh, he can fly. Uh, so get you, get you some speed, some athleticism there in the back end. This has the makings of a very good young secondary. Byron Jones, the way he's developed, um, you look at uh, Chidobe Awuzie, who's, who's turned into a really, really good player. This could be another piece, another young piece to add to that secondary. Absolutely. A nice young piece to add to the secondary. He, he's one of my favorites. I'm, I'm developing a man crush on him for the way that he is able to kind of put in work and make it happen. He would be a nice fit in this secondary. And also, I think he'd be a nice fit for, nice fit for the defensive coordinator, Chris Richard, because he has a way of helping defensive backs take their game to another level. Well, let's get to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they are picking 62nd. Their first-round pick this year was traded last year in their move up uh, to go get a pass rusher. They ended up trading a one to go get Davenport uh, from UTSA. A little bit injured, a little up and down last year, but uh, they do believe in him long-term. Got a chance to be a special rusher. Uh, but no first-round pick. Where do you think they can go there pick 62 second round? You know, when I'm looking at the Saints, how about a center, Elton Jenkins from Mississippi State? He is one of those guys okay. that, that comes to mind. Uh, when I think about this offensive line, Sean Payton has a great appreciation for the offensive line. He knows it's directly tied to their offensive success. So being able to control the point of attack, being able to run the ball, particularly in the middle, uh, is something that would help them sustain their level of success. I think Jenkins is a guy that, that could be around there, and I think it would be a nice fit for them. Yeah, we're on the same page there with Max Unger retiring, who, uh, who manned that center position for quite some time. He's a really good player. Somebody, to me, center guard flex, trying to find somebody that, that fits that mold. I like what you're saying there with Elton Jenkins. I'll go Penn State. I'll go Connor McGovern, kind of a similar type of a player, uh, a real firm base, a firm anchor. And with Drew Brees, we've always talked about that. That interior three is extremely important. When you have a quarterback, not the biggest guy in the world, uh, it's okay, pressure buzzing off the edges. He can get away from that. Um, but you got to be firm up the middle, get some distance between him and the line of scrimmage. That helps, and I think uh, somebody like McGovern or Elton Jenkins, who you mentioned, would be really good fits there with the Saints. Yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be a great fit. They they have to make sure they protect it, uh, make sure they're able to run the ball and sustain the ability to run the ball, and then you want to make sure you keep people away from Drew Brees' feet. I think it'd be a nice selection right there. All right, let's uh, let's play this game here. You've got your new top five list. Uh, position by position, you rank them one through five. So I'll let you go through and give me the order. We'll go position. We'll start with the quarterback. You go one through five, and then each position, I get one question. Okay. So I'll get you one question, and there's no you can't dodge them. You got to answer the question. All right, let's, let's do uh, it. Let's go. Start with quarterbacks here, Buck. All right, quarterbacks uh, from five to one. 
Ryan Finley, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Kyler Murray, and Dwayne Haskins at number one. All right, my one question, because this is what I wrestle with. Um, we've talked so much about Haskins and Murray, but for you have Drew Locke one spot over Daniel Jones. Why Drew Locke over Daniel Jones? Man, it's, it's, it's funny because I've wrestled with it. I can see it both ways. Um, I think Drew Locke is more talented than Daniel Jones. Uh, he has a bigger arm, maybe a little more athleticism in terms of like the spectacular wild plays. Uh, the experience matters, 46 starts during his time at Missouri in the SEC. Um, that's really it, man. It really comes down to the arm talent. His arm talent is superior to Daniel Jones. However, I could easily see where Daniel Jones would be a better fit for some teams just because of the way that he plays, the athleticism that he also displays. Um, I think he just gets it. it. It really comes down to styles and fit and what you prefer. And right now, I just have Drew Locke just a shade over Daniel Jones. But if we were in the draft room, their cards are touching. That's how close the grades are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I struggle with that one, too. I wrestle with that. I ended up the same as you uh, with Locke over Jones. Really, kind of you laid out the, the same exact reason that I have it that way. But I think the, dependent on team and scheme and all that, you could see that easily uh, flipped. It'll be interesting to see how those guys come off the board. All right, get to your uh, top five running backs. Here we go. Let's go uh, one to five. Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, Dempsey Singletary, and Miles Sanders at five. Uh, the big mover is David Montgomery up two spots. Yeah, I'm a David Montgomery guy uh, with you. All right, so the question I would have, Jacobs, the limited amount of touches is the knock. Montgomery, too many touches is the knock. So given your preference, Buck, uh, looking at a running back, would you rather have a guy that's got too little work or too much work? What do you think? You know, this is a really tough one because I struggled with it, and I talked about it last week. I wrote about the Josh Jacobs situation. Um, he hasn't had 1,000 yards. He has all the traits that you look for. You see the burst. You see the physicality, the way that he finishes, catches the ball out the backfield. Alabama people swear by him in terms of a guy. He, he is a pro's pro. Uh, he, you just don't see it play out on tape. And Montgomery, he's another one that looks like a pro. He really reminds me a lot of uh, the way Kareem Hunt played at Toledo. I could see his game translating even better in the pros than it did at the collegiate level. And I think it really comes down to, man, the, the tread on the tire. I would rank Josh Jacobs over him, but I believe right now Montgomery is a better player because i just seen the production. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to uh, um, to have that conversation. I just wish they had given Jacobs ball a little bit more, but I'm because it just doesn't make sense, Jacobs man. It just doesn't. Guy. It just doesn't make sense. You want to you want to see the coaches like well, the coaches here, can say like, hey, here, we we put it in his hands at the end. I was like, well, if you knew he's the better player, why not give him the ball? <laughs> what what they say is, and haven't asked them about it is, we're blowing the doors off everybody we play. They're beating everybody fifty to nothing at halftime. Remember, Tua Tua didn't play in the fourth I know. quarter. I know. Uh, I know. Like the first, whatever, six, seven weeks of the season. So it's kind of like, nah, it's, you know, it's, how, do you, how do you switch that up? We can say it's not working. Uh, I mean, they're just <laughs> it works. people. Yeah, it uh, works for sure. So I, that, that's their answer because I've asked that question, uh, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's get to the next position, wide receivers. Here you go, wide receivers. Number one, Marquise Brown. Two, A.J. Brown. Three, Nikhil Harry. Four, D.K. Metcalf. And five, Debo Samuel. All right, well, this is going to be an easy one for me because well, these, are the, these are the similar questions that I wrestle with. Uh, let's go uh, to the big guys there. 
A.J. Brown, Nikhil Harry. I ended up with A.J. Brown on my list one spot over Nikhil Harry. Uh, you ended up with A.J. Brown one spot over Nikhil Harry as well on your top five list. Uh, did you wrestle with that one? Was that as tough for you as Man, it was for me? I tough. And, and yesterday I said on Path to the Draft that uh, I was late to the party on Nikhil Harry. Um, uh, part of it because the image of him at the combine kind of stuck in my mind. I worried about his route running ability. But he's a really good football player. He's versatile. He's tough. He does a lot of good things with the ball in his hands. He has some punt return uh, value. Uh, A.J. Brown, to me, is a little more polished as a, as a route runner. Um, but these guys are, are, are kind of one and the same. And so you talk about 2A and 2B, that's how close they are when it comes to the grades. Yeah, it's to me what kind of offense you want to run, especially you want to be an RPO-heavy team as the RPO continues to grow and evolve in the NFL. To me, A.J. Brown's your guy. I mean, he's going to feast off that stuff. Uh, RPOs hit him, those little quick hitters, those little slants, he's going to go. Uh, Nikhil Harry, to me, is going to give you a little bit more down the red area. You want somebody to go up and play above the rim, uh, attack the football, get you in double-digit touchdowns. I, I think Nikhil Harry's your guy. So I, I went back and forth on that. Again, that's why it's hard doing this, this job on the media side versus the team side. On the team side, you're like, well, we've already got one of these. We need one of those. Uh, it makes it very simple. We don't have a roster, so it makes it a little more difficult to stack those guys. Yeah, it does make it very, very difficult to stack. But they're not surprised at all by the DK Metcalf drop because he's a guy to drop down two spots in this last thing. What do you think about him, where he goes? Yeah, I, I, DK just trying to interesting to find a spot for him. It wouldn't surprise me if he went in the top 15. It wouldn't surprise me if he fell out of the first round. Uh, people are kind of all over the place on him. You mix in the medical. Um, it sounds like you know everything's okay there, but you've got a neck uh, in the past. That, that concerns some people. I don't, you know, I, I think he's gotten a little bit unfairly uh, dinged through this process. It, it, to me, like, people are acting like he's never done anything. When he was out on the field, he was productive. Oh, he was for making sure. plays, big yeah. plays against good teams. It just, he, he missed a chunk of time this year. I, I, I just wonder if he had a chance to play the whole season and DK Metcalf has, you know, finishes with 70 catches and, uh, you know, 14 touchdowns. Are we are we talking quite as much about his three cone as, as we are now? Uh, no. that, that's I don't, my I don't, I don't defense think so. of him. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think we are being a little hard on him. He is a good player. It is hard because what happens, as you know, man, we start digging into these guys more and more as we get later into the deal. We look at more tape, you kinda start comparing guys back to back. You look at one tape of Nikhil Harry, the next tape is of AJ Brown. So you have a close thing. Whereas when we start the yeah. process, you kinda randomly look at them all over the place and so we're just kind of fine-tuning and so this isn't a knock because i do believe if positioned in the right role he could be a guy that gives you big time production all right let's uh let's let's get rolling here tight ends here uh, go tight, in, tight ends has been pretty much the same throughout the process let's go hawkinson fant irv smith jr sternberger and then my newcomer is dawson knox from Ole miss yeah, look, a uh, quick one. You mentioned him a little bit earlier, Sternberger. Sternberger, go in the second round or third round? I think he's right on the borderline. I think he may be able to sneak in uh, to the second round because I, I would expect three tight ends to maybe go in the first round, and that could be enough to kind of push him. Yeah, I'm going to go. To me, I think you use him. Watch, study the Philadelphia Eagles, how they use Zach Ertz. Uh, that's how you should use Sternberger. I think he's that flexed-out guy. Uh, let him roll there. All right, but give me the tackles. Uh, and then the guard centers. Give me both lists, and uh, I'll kind of put those together, then I'll get you one question. Okay, here guys. we go. Juwan Taylor, Andre Dillard, Jonah Williams, Cody Ford, Greg Little at five. Inside guys, Bradbury, Jenkins, McCoy, 
Lindstrom, and Michael Jordan. Yeah, this is more of a comment than a question. But talking to people around the league in the last week, Elton Jenkins, uh, it's got, it, there's a lot of people who really like him. And I've kind of had him pegged as ah, maybe late second, maybe even early third. I think now it's more likely he's going to go between uh, the 20s and he, he'll be off the board by the time we get to 40. He's, he's, he's got a little bit of buzz. Yeah, he, has, he, has, big he, he definitely has a fan club. I've been hearing the same. All right, let's get to uh, – give me – mix uh, together your DTs and uh, your edge cool. rushers. here we go. We so we fly through this. Uh, interior guys, Quentin Williams, Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons. Edge guys, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Rashawn Gary, Montez Sweat, and Cleveland Farrell. Uh, Sweat versus Gary is an interesting conversation. Um, I have Gary. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, people around the league, I'd be interested to see what happens. You never know. Everybody's lying this time of year. But I got the sense, just talking to people around the league, that they're not all sold that Sweat's going to be a top 10 pick. There's some people think he could drift a little bit. Yeah, I can believe that. I can see that. It's one of those things, man. We, we're so far away from the season. Everything is kind of clouded. So who knows where they go. Let's go. Oh, it's a fog of confusion. Fog. That's the fog of confusion. It's that time of year. Here we go. Line, man, linebackers, we can kind of run through. Devin White, Devin Bush. Mac Wilson, Trey Lamar, and Jermaine Pratt is my newcomer at five. Yeah, the one that I would say stood out to me. I'm not. I'm just not a big Trey Lamar guy. But this linebacker I, class, the linebacker class is top two. It's hard yeah. to get fired up about anybody. It is hard to go. And in fact, I almost put Pratt over Trey Lamar. Pratt, being a former free safety, I take has some value. You know, he has some value in terms of his ability to kind of run and cover. Had a much better combine than I think people talked about. <laughs> uh, he runs around yeah. pretty good. I think this guy is a, is a pretty good player. Yeah, I, I would I would go probably, probably would throw the Hawaii kid in there, Tavai. Um, hey, he's a Johnny come lately. He's, he's a guy that people are talking about too. Yeah, he's not bad. All right, let's get to corners. All right, corners. Byron Murphy, Greedy Williams, Rock Yassin, DeAndre Baker, and Lonnie Johnson Jr. I talked to a team. I talked to a team the other day, Buck. Uh, I talked to a general manager, and we were going through corners. I don't know if they're going to pick one or not, but he was very forthright. This is how you know we haven't finalized it, but as of right now, this is how we have it stacked. Literally, your one through five is exactly how we had it stacked. Exactly the same. Wow, look at that. Everybody has all those guys kind of grouped in together, especially those first four. I think everybody I talked to has those as the first four, with Lonnie Johnson being kind of the wild card uh, who could jump into that party. Yeah, it'd be interesting, man. It'd be interesting to see how how that part plays out. He he's a talented dude, man. He he has a lot of tools and traits that you like, and depending on coaching and what you prefer at the position, he could be higher on the board. Uh, let's get the safeties. Kind of knock right, the safeties, safeties out. A, uh, Jonathan Abram, Taylor Rapp, Darnell Savage, Nazir Adderley, and then Chauncey Gardner Johnson finishes it up. Yeah, I've got uh, – I still have Rap as my third safety. Mm. Um, Who's your number two? But I, I tell you what, I have, uh, I have Adderley, too. Okay. Um, so I just have – I have – yeah, year two and four, I just have Flip. But I, I will say the uh, – uh, there's a lot of people that are talking themselves into and being okay with the 474. So he's going to go in the top 40 picks. Uh, if he doesn't go in the first round, which uh, it, it would be – 
it would be unusual because I, I mentioned the other day, t- last 20 years, the slowest safety to go in the first round was 463. <laughs> so if you're just going off analytics, it doesn't work. But I'm telling you, there's people in the league that are forgiveful. They're forgiving him. He's such a good football player. Uh, teams are working around that. Now, I, I think there's a chance he could go in one. Uh, I still think probably more likely early two. But, you know, the thought of him because he ran slow going in the third round, forget about that. He's going to be long gone. He's going to be long gone. And the thing about him is we all are, are kind of shaped by our previous experiences. And he reminds me so much of what I used to wrestle with with Eric Weddle when Eric Weddle was coming out of yeah. Utah. And I was like, man, you know, you wish he was a little faster. He was this. But you turn on the tape and he's always around the ball. He's always in the right position. And it kind of plays out as pros. And so uh, Taylor Rapp benefits from what I would call the Eric Weddle boost. I'm going to bank on what he did on tape. And I'll worry about the workout and all that other stuff later on. All right. Uh, fun to go through your position list again. You go NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You can check out Bucky's rankings. All right. Let's get to uh, one small school player that uh, that you're big on here, Buck. Go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Keelan Doss, UC Davis, wide receiver. Um, man, it's unfortunate that he had an injury at the combine. I was absolutely smitten with him at the senior bowl. I thought he was an outstanding route runner. He could do all the things that you want your top receiver to be able to do. He can run inside routes. He can go in the slot. He can catch the ball over the top. He's kind of sneaky fast when it comes to it. Does a great job winning those 50-50 balls. Uh, In a way, I think I remember writing down in my notes, let me make sure, I think I wrote down poor man's Keenan Allen. Which is lofty praise, but I think yeah, no, that's I what I put down. Yeah, yeah I did like the same. he he is yeah. kind of crafty when it comes to winning his one-on-one routes. Yeah, I wrote down Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup. Um, dude has a lot of production: two 1,300-yard seasons, 19 100-yard games, and 28 touchdowns. The production certainly stands out on tape. I, I think he has a chance. No, he's he's a very good player and did a nice job at the Senior Bowl. Somebody else did a nice job at the Senior Bowl would be my pick. Uh, Titus Howard from Alabama State. Uh, I might be a little bit higher on him than some other folks. He's my 50th player. Um, I, I just think somebody's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. He's very athletic. Um, you watch him against Auburn. You want to see small school guys, how they do when they step up in competition. Uh, he more than held his own against a very good Auburn front. Now, there's a little bit I mean, a little bit inconsistent, inconsistency, I should say, at the Senior Bowl, but I thought he eventually settled in and, uh, and had a good week there. Now, the difference between your small school player and my small school player is we actually have an interview uh, we can roll with mine because you had a chance to catch up with Titus Howard uh, during the process, and here's uh, your chat with the very talented Alabama State tackle. So you've been able to kind of do it all. You, you went through the regular season. You played in a couple of All-Star games. Um, and thinking about the All-Star games and having the chance to go against big-time competition because you come from what is deemed as a smaller school, what was that experience like? Yeah, the Senior Bowl, man. The Senior Bowl was amazing. You know, it gave me a chance to go down there and compete against premier players every day for a whole week. And it, that actually gave me a chance to show scouts that I can do it on a consistent basis. And then you had to, you know, juggle in the interview processes at the Senior Bowl. And it, um, it was just amazing. You know, it was just an experience for me that I would want guys from smaller schools to actually go through more. So now I got, I got to dig in your background because I'm looking in the profile and I see that you were a quarterback at one time. Yes, sir. How does someone who is a high school quarterback evolve into a tackle? Uh, it was hard. Uh, when I got to Alabama State, I actually walked on to Alabama State. 
as a quarterback, and uh, my coach was Rich Barlow at the time. And Barlow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, was, I actually had a chance, you know, to earn a scholarship, but I ended up getting moved to tight end. And it was pretty interesting because I had played tight end like a little bit in high school, but I was mostly a quarterback all the time. And I moved to tight end, and Coach Barlow them ended up leaving after that first semester of college, and Coach Jenkins came in, and my uh, position coach was uh, Donald Hill either at tight end. He's the head coach at Alabama State now, and my, they was like, oh, you you should move to uh, O-line. We think you'll be a great O-lineman. And at first, <laughs> I wouldn't buy it <laughs> in because everybody thought it was, like, funny and stuff that I was moving from being a quarterback to being an offensive lineman. And then I had my coach, Prince Pearson. He come up to me, you know, gave me some words of wisdom. And uh, I ended up moving to O-line, but I still, the first three games of my redshirt freshman year, I played uh, tight end. And it came until we played Mississippi Valley and a right tackle in front of me got hurt and they came to the sideline made me switch jerseys in the middle of the game mind you not I was 240 at the time oh, wow and I played that game and I ended up starting for the rest of the season and here I am now man that is an unbelievable backstory to go from from playing quarterback to that is there anything that you're able to take from your experience being a high school quarterback that helps you play and succeed at the level as an edge blocker? Yes, sir. Uh, for one, athleticism. It gave me a chance, you know, to you know be able to uh, move around and stuff, you know, better than a typical lineman because I'm used to working in space at quarterback and tight end. And also it helped me with the mental side of the game. I was able to pick up plays, pick up stuff way faster than a lot of guys and, like, reading safeties and, Looking at linebackers, I picked that up pretty quick because as a quarterback, I had to know that. So that helped me on the offensive line part. Well, man, that is an amazing story. Yes, sir. We have a few more things that you have to check off. You have your pro day, and then you may have some private workouts. What are some of the other things that you want to show scouts? Uh, I just want to show scouts that I can play multiple positions. Uh, not only that I can play right tackle and left tackle, if they want to see me at guard, hey, I can work some reps at guard, you know. So I just want to showcase my talents to the full showing my full potential and just showing that, hey, I'm a great player they can choose. And I uh, represent the organization in a great way on and off the field. Man, I can respect it. I can appreciate it. Maybe you want to tell them that you also got that tight end in your background. Maybe they can draw up a tackle-eligible player yes, sir. for you Speaking of you that, the next level. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, um, my team actually did that my redshirt junior year uh, against Grambling State. They did a tackle throw that pass <laughs> to me. I scored a touchdown on it. So, so you got to get more. You got to get more touchdowns. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They got to throw your ball. From you. Hey, best of luck to you in the process. I appreciate you joining the Moose yes, 6 Yes, sir. Podcast. Thank you all for having me. Thanks. All right, Buck, thanks for making my point there and interviewing a guy that I really like. That was very nice of you to do that. I appreciate that. Amazing transition for Titus Howard to go from high school quarterback to being an offensive tackle prospect that could be a second-round pick. You just don't see that. But, look, he's earning it. And, this is a guy that had a lot of the buzz uh, in the East-West Shrine game. I, I heard it from people that were beginning to talk to him prior to me seeing him at the Senior Bowl. There's a lot of buzz about him, and there are a lot of people that like him. And in this tackle class, which I think is pretty solid overall, he's going to have a chance to be a solid second-round pick. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Uh, I'm anxious to see where he goes, as well as Keelan Doss. Uh, there's some good players, always good players, outside uh, the Division One level, and that's where you earn your money as a scout. Got to be able to scout uh, apples versus oranges. Guys playing at a, a higher level versus guys playing against weaker competition. You got to sort all that stuff out. All right, that's going to do it for us today, Buck. We do have a new uh, episode uh, coming here on the uh, the three sixty uh, series. We've got the Clemson defensive line where, where folks can check that out. Yeah, they can check that out. That's a lot of fun. Talk to a lot of people. It's one of the better. Uh, 360s that we've been involved in in terms of just the perspective that the the players uh, families and coaches were able to give on them
When is it can't it can't if you're out there? When is that dropping? That's going to be on next Tuesday, so that'll be on I believe the 16th. Yeah, Tuesday the 16th will be the Clemson defensive lineman, and then the Kyler Murray will be on Tuesday the 23rd as it approaches. And that'll be two days before the draft actually begins. So Clemson's next Tuesday, and then Kyler Murray's the following Tuesday. Fantastic. Uh, again, these are one of the favorite things we get to do here on the Move of Six Pod is is really do a deep dive on some of these players. Clemson D line, one of my favorites. Trust me, we. Uh, we had a conversation with a high school coach for one of these defensive linemen uh, that was incredible. And uh, that's not even counting the fact we had another conversation with a high school coach who produced. He actually had a son that played in the NFL, went on to a very prosperous uh, podcasting career. Uh, we get a chance to, to visit with him as well. No spoilers, Bucky. Don't tell him who it is. Don't tell him. <laughs> Save that. Save that. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on Move to Six. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. NFL.com slash MTS video. YouTube.com slash NFL for the videos. We'll see you next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.